It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. Well, welcome everybody to Pushing the Limits on a Friday. I'm so happy uh, today because it is Friday and I always look forward to the weekend. Fridays, I feel like Fridays are our best shows too because we're more like loose. No, not loose like the women that my producer Rick dates. That's not what I was talking about. I meant loose like, I know what you're thinking. Loose like, you know, we're just having a good time and we're just letting everything go. You know, Numchuck might do a strip tease in studio. I don't know. That's a rumor that I heard. No, but we do have a fun show here, ladies and gentlemen. We really do. I have the worst toothache today, by the way. I don't know what it is with my teeth. They're all just like falling out. Maybe it's because, and if you're watching the stream right now, Maybe it's because this is what I eat every day. This is like my lunch. I have Reese's peanut butter cups for lunch. Occasionally, I'll get fancy and I'll have like a Slurpee. Uh, I eat peanut butter and jelly right before I go to sleep. I live off of a Coca-Cola, and they don't even sponsor the show. Once in a while, like like today, I, I go to 7-Eleven and I got a salad. Right? Will you turn that stupid song off? God, I told them not to play that song today, and they played it anyway. I hate that song. Anyway, um... No, I don't hate it. It's just it's it's a little annoying. I'm going to see that band uh, perform tonight, and, and and they're not bad actually. They're pretty good at the Orleans, but uh, that song it, it's getting a little. It's in my head now, and they're just messing with me. But anyway, what was I just talking about? Yeah, a salad I was eating today at Seven Eleven. Those salads actually aren't that bad. Actually, the nubchuck, they're pretty good. They're, they're not bad. I will say it's better than you eating an egg salad sandwich. What's wrong with egg salad? That's not terrible. From Seven Eleven. What's the wrong? 7-Eleven egg salad sandwich is not the greatest thing in the world. As opposed to where else? A homemade one? Anywhere. Anywhere? Uh, all right. Well, I, Go. Didn't, I didn't know that. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll file a complaint with the, with the management at 7-Eleven. We'll see what they can do about that. Maybe get some more fresh eggs for you. Anyway, welcome to the show, everybody. We got a lot to get to today, a lot to uh, talk about. We have some very, very special guests today. And, uh, you know, those of you that know that... Uh, when it comes to UNLV basketball, I enjoy talking about the good old days, right? That national championship team with Grandma Ma, Larry Johnson, Greg Anthony, and of course, my man, Anderson Hunt, the MVP of the tournament. Uh, that was a very special year, and uh, we'll never forget it, right? Well, guess who's coming in studio today? Uh, he is picked uh, to be a UNLV uh, Hall of Famer, and uh, he is going to be entering the UNLV Athletic Hall of Fame uh, with some other great names, by the way. Remember Wink Adams? Wink's my guy, too. Uh, under Lon Kruger, they won uh, Mountain West Conference Championships. They made it to the uh, Sweet 16. Wink Adams is being inducted as well. But Anderson Hunt, my man, will be joining us in studio uh, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. Talk about being inducted into the UNLV Hall of Fame in the good old days of the early 90s. Uh, boy, there's a lot to talk about and catch up with. Anderson Hunt. Then coming up later on in the program, uh, she's running for lieutenant governor here in the great state of Nevada. Eva Chase will be joining us in studio as well. I certainly want to get her perspective on a lot of uh, things that have taken place, uh, some sad events that have taken place, of course, over the course of the last uh, week or so, including these mass shootings. 
We had another mass shooting in Chicago yesterday where a few people died, eight people were shot. And some might say, well, that's a regular occurrence in Chicago. Well, to be honest with you, these mass shootings seem to be a regular occurrence everywhere, right? Not just Chicago, everywhere. So it's, uh, it's something that I certainly want to talk to her about. And you know what? Any lawmaker, any lawmaker, without question. But I want to do, uh, start off the show today to talk a little bit about Howard Dean. Now, if you remember, Howard Dean as a Democrat was running uh, for president, uh, God, a long time ago. We must be going on over 16 years ago, uh, 18 years ago, when uh, Howard Dean was running for office. Do you remember what ruined him? We're going to North Dakota and South Dakota. Rah! You remember that? Uh, you remember that video? We, we that audio? We played that on this show before. Howard Stern, uh, Howard Dean, excuse me, is kind of a kook. However, he made uh, a lot of sense yesterday. So he appeared uh, on the beat with uh, Ari uh, Melbert's show on MSNBC, a pr- pretty good show. And I, I want you to kind of listen to the words that he uses here because he said, quote, I see the brand of Fox being hate, anger, dishonesty, and murder. He's talking about Murdoch, who says he has harmed the country more than any other human being in his lifetime. He said he should never have given citizenship to this man. By the way, he's from Australia. The one thing I'd change about our immigration policy is to send Murdoch back to Australia and keep him there with the whole family. Dean then turned his attention to Tucker Carlson, of course, the popular Fox News host, who I call the white supremacist sympathizer, and I, I believe he's a danger. Uh, so Tucker's been, you know, gone after by many about this white replacement theory conspiracy over the years, and now we had this 18-year-old in a supermarket that just shot up a bunch of people. Uh, but now, uh, you know, Dean is, in regards to Tucker Carlson, Dean has said, this guy is nuts. I mean, really? You're going to take this in any way seriously? He's dangerous. He's got a lot of people who believe in this nonsense. I actually think he's crazy. But, uh, you know, he's a danger to the United States of America. And since we can't take him off the air, we ought to boycott Fox. Okay, so I have a couple opinions on this. First of all, not everybody's going to boycott Fox. If you're a Republican, you're not going to boycott Fox, or at least if you are, a very small percentage of you. So for Howard Dean, it's not going to work. The people that are boycotting Fox and the people that uh, are not talking to, uh, or at least not not watching Tucker Carlson are uh, usually right-minded, fair-minded, non-biased people. It's usually the ones on the alt-right. But anyway, let's have a little fun, shall we? Uh, you know, I love talking to uh, stand-up comics. We had we had Steve Hofstetter on the show yesterday. Uh, he's going to be uh, uh, at a comedy club on Main Street. And uh, I've also been to this club at the Rio called the Comedy Cellar. It's a great comedy club, and we have, we've had comics on there from time to time. And the guy we have with us on the line right now, uh, he's a writer, he's an actor, he's been some very funny shows. He's also been... Uh, uh, the host of Trivia Takedown. I used to love. Uh, I used to love that show, uh, Trivial Takedown. And uh, God, he's been all over the place. He's been doing this for a while, and he's going to be performing at the Comedy Cellar at the Rio this weekend. So, uh, really happy to have with us on the line right now. The very funny and talented Matt Richards joining us. Matt, I appreciate you being with us. How are you? Thank you for having me. I feel good. I'm loving this Vegas weather. Matt, where do you live? I live in New York City. Oh boy! Okay, so I grew up in Connecticut. Uh, so many great, okay. so many great comics coming out of New York. Uh, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. Like New York, to me, it's too stressful. I love Las Vegas. I'm from back east. Like, how do you live in that city with all the people and all the traffic and and the snow? And like, do you ever get sick of it? That's what I want to know. It keeps you on your toes. <laughs> I bet it you does. Know, you never know what you're going to get every day. It might be like 
you know, a crazy man with his wiener out. <laughs> but the worst is uh, snow. Snow is worse than crazy, exposed, unhoused people. <laughs> I would have to agree with you on that one. Did you ever run into Donald Trump in New York? That's what I want to know. No, I have not. If you did, what would you say to him? Uh, <laughs> hmm. You know, nobody's ever asked me that before. That's See, a great question. I have it? so many questions, I think. <laughs> I would ask him, what happened to Barron? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> right? Where the, where the hell is this kid? <laughs> where, do you have, like, a garbage truck running into you? Like, what's going on there? Where, where, no, where? so I'm actually in front of a taco spot out here in Vegas. Ah. El Cabron. Oh, I see. I ordered some tacos, and this guy's been backing up for too long. <laughs> I see it. I see behind you. Okay, good, good, I'm good. Filming. <laughs> uh, have you? When was the last time you actually performed here in Las Vegas? Yesterday. Besides yesterday. <laughs> I've been I've been doing shows here since Monday. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. What is it about yeah. Las Vegas for you that is it's so different than you know any other city? What is it about this place that you love? I. I, I mean, what I say, I love it. I don't know yet. It's, it's still early. <laughs> I lost a lot of money on the roulette table. Oh, so it's no. A love, it's a love-hate relationship right now. <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry to hear that, uh, by the way. Again, if you're just joining us, we're speaking with Matt Richards, a very funny uh, actor, uh, stand-up comic. He's performing uh, this weekend, uh, tonight, uh, and, and since Monday, uh, actually, at uh, the Comedy Cellar at The Real, which is a, a nice comedy club. We've had people on there from time to time. Matt, who are the people you grew up like loving uh, to watch as far as stand-up comics, like icons for you? Oh, so many. Uh Dave Chappelle, obviously, hmm. uh, Greer Barnes, Tony Woods. Uh, oh my God! So uh, I could I could go on with this list forever. Yeah, Carlin. Oh uh, sure. Robin Williams. Mm. You know, uh, Robin Harris. Oh, those are great names. Uh, those are great names. Yeah. What? Since you brought yeah. up D- Dave Chappelle, who I love as well. I mean, he's he's just brilliant comic. What do you make of what happened to him a few weeks ago? A guy, you know, you being a stand-up comic yourself, that's scary, isn't it? Like a guy going up there with a weapon and, and assaulting him. What do you make of that? I mean, Dave's from D.C. It's not the first time somebody charged him, you know? <laughs> but I think, you know, you saw what happened to the dude that did it. He you got roughed up. up. On the wrong people, you get stomped out. That's true. He got roughed up. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Chris, the whole Chris Rock, Will Smith situation? I'm sure you've been asked that before. Uh, what, what did you make of that whole thing? I thought it was a sucker move on Will's part. Mm-hmm. You've you've worked with some brilliant people. Uh, you know, I've looked yeah. at. I, I mean, over the years, I just see the, the, the types of people that you've worked with. Um, I would imagine. I don't sure. I'm not sure anybody would have handled that situation more professional than the way Chris Rock did. Would you agree with that? What would you have to say about that? I mean, I tip my hat to Chris. Kudos to him for handling it the way he handled it. I don't. It couldn't have been me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do if you're on stage and you make a joke and somebody gets on stage and like bitch slaps you? I mean, that's pretty much that would what never happened. I only perform in places with a lot of security. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, well, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> but that's isn't that true? It's funny, but it's true. like where was the security? This is I mean, I, it's the Oscars we're talking well, security, about here. Yeah, I don't know if they was they was at the back of the theater, perhaps at the Oscars. I don't know. <laughs> Strange. Have you ever had a situation doing stand up where you had somebody that not not even that was heckling you, but maybe even worse, uh, like you thought somebody was going to actually physically assault you? Ever had that happen to you? I've seen, I've had friends get drinks thrown at them. Wow. 
like full-on glass bottles. Yeah. But personally, it's never happened to me. I'm a great diffuser. Right, I got you. I gotta say, it sounds like you're in a war zone. I mean, you have you it have does. you have. I don't know if it's Vegas or Iraq <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot going on. <laughs> We're talking to Matt Richards. He almost had a truck, a garbage truck, back up into him. It sounds like there's yep. police I everywhere. It. I mean, I, I, mean <laughs> I don't know what's I don't know what's going on there, but uh, and I think it, I was talking about the truck driver's <laughs> wife, and he. <laughs> Tried to back into me. Perhaps, per- perhaps so. Uh, I-, I wanted to ask since since you uh, you know you you're living in New York and uh, there's been a lot of uh, violence. I mean, you know, the subway shooting that happened over there, uh, very uh, divided politically. I know you have a new mayor there now. What are your thoughts on just the political landscape, not just in New York but in the country right now? Because it seems like we're pretty divided. I think comedy is the glue that can bring us back together. Hmm. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with you. When you do your stand-up, do you ever touch on any of those topics, like political stuff or stuff that – do you ever do you ever do any of that? I think anybody that cares too much either way is a lunatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I, way more important things in life, mm-hmm. you know? I agree with you, like sports, right? <laughs> let's talk a little – Sports. Yeah. Let's, uh, family, yeah. you know? I have so, to, uh, I have to I agree to with keep, you. I try to keep things light. People are so inundated with what's happening in the news and, and you know, with the politics mm-hmm. and all that. So when people come to my show, I just want them to have a good time. I'm not trying to remind you of the, the, the chaos and the hectic stuff that's going on in the outside world. I like it. I like it. All right. I got to ask you, what is going on with the New York Knicks? Why is this team? Oh, no. What no a, what... Let's not talk about it. I, I, see, I was trying to end it on a happy note. <laughs> But you but, brought me down. Okay, you're going to be angry at me, Matt. Okay, I'm a Celtics fan. Okay, I know you're I'm not. I'm not mad at that. Okay, I'm just telling you. I, I grew up. I grew up in Connecticut. Grew up a Boston sports fan. Uh, okay. With that being said, what is up with James Dolan? What is up with the New York Knicks? Why have they been bad for so many years now? I don't understand. We're cursed. We're cursed in the draft. I just. Uh, I got no words, man. The last Knicks game I was at, we won, but that was. That was months ago. Right. <laughs> months ago. Yeah, it's been a little while. Uh, I be, I, that was I would... the night somebody spit at Trey Young. Oh, is that? Is, oh, geez. You were at that game? Yeah, courtside. What do you? Okay, so the New York fans are very passionate. I would say the Philadelphia 76ers fans maybe are uh, a little more rude, I guess, for, for lack of a better term. Yeah, but that's you... definitely inexcusable. Don't, don't. Don't hit comedians and don't spit at athletes. Yeah, I think that's probably a good recommendation. You probably shouldn't do that. But, you know, hey, on a bright side of things, your Yankees are a stacked team this year, right? I don't know if you're a Mets guy or a Yankees guy. Which one are you? Definitely a Yankees fan. Actually, I just went with my father. We saw saw the Yanks play, who was the Guardians, and we we sat in the Legends suite. How do you get that? I mean, obviously, I, I mean, you're a guy who's been in the show business for a long time. People know who you are. I get all that. But that's. I have never, my dad hooked it up. One of his buddies had tickets. He's a season pass holder. Oh. He had tickets. So we went. And uh, I'm not I'm not famous enough to afford the Legend Suite. <laughs> but, but I can't go to a baseball game regular ever again. <laughs> well, that's. Uh... That that's pretty cool, yeah. I mean, going going to watch the Yankees play, obviously one of the most storied franchises ever. That that's pretty darn cool. What is your? Oh wow, that's so cool. What is your uh, family background? I mean, what have your dad done? Your mom? Like, I would imagine, uh, have they been in show business as well? No, definitely not. Mom and dad are both from New York. Hmm. Uh, you know, they they. My dad's a union electrician. 
Wow. Mom's worked in sales in the nonprofit sector for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I decided to spend my life telling jokes about my penis. <laughs> Boy, there'd be a long list if, you, if somebody did those jokes about me. But anyway, that's another story for another show. <laughs> um, so what is that first conversation like with your family? I'm curious. When you say, listen, mom, dad, this is what I want to do. I want to be a professional comedian. I want to, you know, write. I want to do movies. I want to act. I've known since I was six years old. So my parents have been, uh, I've been blessed to have super supportive parents. That is so cool. What do you think was like the big break for you in your career? Uh, My first televised, uh, my first TV show was Joking Off on MTV2. (laughs) I love that that name. (laughs) Yeah, it was a silly name. Joking Off. Silliest show. But so that, I got the bug for TV from doing that. Well, how did you get a, that? How did you land that gig on MTV too? Just hanging out in comedy clubs, getting up every night. They, you know, some some uh, execs were in the audience and they asked me to audition. So I, yeah, I killed it. That's apparently. so cool. That and that and that was yeah, your was, first big big break and show. That that's so cool. Do I you, thought it would be my big break, and then I thought my other big break was. I've had a lot of almost big breaks. <laughs> I hear you, but you do, you're doing pretty well for yourself. Was it weird for you, like, do you ever get situations, whether it be New York or anywhere, where somebody recognizes you, they, they see you, and they know who you are? Has it ever been uh, weird for you in public? It's never weird. It's always cool. As a matter of fact, I encourage people to run up and say hi to me if they recognize me. What if they came up to you and said, hey, I want to hear some penis jokes? What would be your reaction to that? I would say, not now. Come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's like asking an off-duty stripper to take a boobies out. <laughs> Have you ever been on a date with a woman and she was familiar with your material and then she wanted you just to chant out some penis jokes? Has that ever happened? Ah, uh, no. I try to date women that have no idea who I am. <laughs> that's is th- is that good or bad? Why is that? Tell me. Well, it's super easy because not a lot of women know who I am. Yeah, join the club. That would be that. I, I'm, so, I'm certainly. I'm certainly. Oh, you do a you do a AM radio show. Oh, I don't listen to your show. Yeah, trust me, I get that. I get that all yeah, the time. Yeah, so I've been under a lot of ladies' radar. Well, sometimes that can be good. Sometimes not so good. But Matt, for somebody that has not seen your stand up, that is thinking of going to the show tonight. Which, by the way, it's a great little club there. Uh, I love it uh, over there at the yeah, Rio. We got a fire lineup too tonight. We got Big Irish J. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Dennis Regan. Michael Yo, Aaron Jackson, and myself. So, you know, you come in to get an hour and a half show, you're going to laugh your ass off. we got a little something for everybody. I love it. For somebody that's never seen you do stand-up uh, and they're thinking of going to the show tonight, what can they expect from you tonight besides penis jokes? <laughs> hilarity. <laughs> I like it. Adulterated hilarity. I like it, my man. Well, listen, I don't want to keep you from eating your tacos, and I want you to get out of that war zone you're in right now, and I want you to, I want <laughs> I you to like be the, careful. The ambulances have subsided. <laughs> yes, I think they have. Well, Matt, you're a super funny guy, very talented, uh, and uh, definitely going to do my best to try to check out your show this weekend. It's, it's, it's a great comedy club, the Comedy Cellar at the Rio. Matt, I really do appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, brother. Appreciate that. That is Matt Richards. He and his pe- yes, thank you, sir. He and his penis jokes will be at uh, the comedy cellar tonight, over there at the Rio. And by the way, I, like I said, I've been there uh, a number of times. I've been to that comedy club, and it's really awesome. And uh, he's right. You know, hour and a half. It's affordable prices to see that show, and you get to see what four or five comedians, uh, professionals. These this is not like an open mic thing. I mean, these are professional comedians, and they're very very funny. And uh, he's certainly one of them. So check him out, Matt Richards. Uh, 
He's been in a lot of stuff. If you look up his IMBD, is that what you call it? The IMDB, IMBD, Internet Movie Database. Is that what it is? IMBD or IMDB. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, I don't know. But no, he's a super, uh, super funny guy. Or as Chris Wynn would say, super hero, that is, uh, as, as, as our Chris Wynn would say. Uh, he's a super funny comedian, that is, uh, Matt Richards. So please check him out uh, tonight at the Comedy Cellar. What am I doing this weekend, by the way? What am I doing? Oh, well, I'll tell you what I'm doing tonight. See, I, I'm, I'm not doing this for the listeners. I'm doing this for me because I actually forgot what I'm doing this weekend. So I have, to, I have to, like, review. You know, like, when you forget things and you're getting old? That's me. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing this band tonight. What are they called again? What are they called, Dumb Chuck? Gutter Mouth. Or no. Gutter Mouth? No. That's what I have right now. I have Gutter Mouth. My mouth is killing me. I have Gutter Mouth. Why can't I think of who this is? What are they called? Oh, Cowboy Mouth. Cowboy Mouth, yes. Gutter Mouth. Gutter, <laughs> gutter Mouth is another <laughs> band I like. Where did that come from? Um, no, so my friend uh, promotes this band, and they're going to be playing at the Orleans tonight, so I'm looking forward to that. I am seeing one of my favorite comedians... Uh, he was on the show yesterday, and he's going to be performing at the Comedy Cellar. Uh, all due respect uh, to Matt Richards. He's very funny as well. I will be checking out his show, but just not tonight. I'm going to be checking out Steve Hofstetter. It's Pauly Shore's uh, comedy club on Main Street. Uh, he's going to be performing tonight, so I'm going to see that. Then I'm going to be seeing a little uh, concert, uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Now, tomorrow's Saturday. Is that right, Num Chuck? Tomorrow is Saturday. Tomorrow is Saturday. The Aces are playing tomorrow afternoon. Yes, That's they right. Are. So I'm gonna, we saw the Aces game last night. Uh, funny story. Does it involve Seawin? Uh, yes, it does. Oh, thank God. I love Seawin stories. Yes, it does. So we roll out to Mandalay Bay, which is, of course, where the Aces play. And uh, I really do enjoy going to these games. They are a lot of fun. As I've always said, I've never said anything different. They honored Bill Lane Beer yesterday. By the way, Bill Lane Beer's daughter looks exactly like Bill Lane Beer. She's a big girl. She has Bill Lane Beer's face, body. She's extremely tall. She's a very big girl. I would not want to have to play defense against her. She would post me up. Uh, her fa- it's it was scary. It was like Bill. Here she is. It's Bill Lane Beer, Mrs. Bill Lane Beer. Uh, so she was there. Bill Lane Beer was there. Very funny. They honored Bill Lane Beer yesterday because it's kind of his going away. Okay, I'm leaving the Aces now. You know, and uh, he did a good, he did a really good job here. He's a a fun. I think the funniest moment for me is they put up on the big screen at the game yesterday. Uh, it was Bill Lane Beer. You know how they put up a, a, like. Not a public service announcement, but sometimes at games they'll say, "We don't want you to have, un- you don't, we don't want you to be unruly. We want you to behave." You know, someone's telling the fans to behave yeah. and stuff. So Bill Ambeer is doing that, and while he's doing that, they're showing video of him, like in the '80s and '90s, punching guys and hitting guys and and going after Larry Bird. Don't do that. Yeah, and he's like, "Behave, behave yourself, everybody." And then they're showing pictures of Ambeer knocking guys out. I, I just thought that was so funny. I thought the Aces did a really good job of putting some of those videos together. It's hilarious. Uh, and, you know, I've interviewed Bill Beer a number of times, of course, he being the former head coach here. And uh, he'll answer just about anything, but he really doesn't like talking about Larry Bird. He doesn't like talking about the Boston Celtics. Uh, I remember I asked him, uh, I fired him up once. I asked him, if, if Larry Bird were sitting at a dinner table and you walked past him and Larry said, sit down, what would you do? Oh, boy. <laughs> that was a quick no for, for, for Bill. But uh, it was fun. It was fun watching Bill Lambeer yesterday, and they honored him, and he brought some members of his family there, so that was kind of cool. Anyway, going back to my Chris Winstor. You ready for this, Numchuck? I'm so ready for this. I love Chris Wynn stories. Those of you who don't know who uh, Chris Wynn is, he was the guy that was sitting right next to me when we had the Dominatrix in studio the other day, and he was sweating profusely, which he denies, but Numchuck, you can assert he was sweating, right? Yeah, Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. So... um, 
Chris has been doing the show with me for years. He's been doing Las Vegas radio for years. Anyway, so this was about, I want to say, maybe six or seven years ago. Maybe six or seven years ago. I'm sitting at a game with C. Win. I think we were at the Hard Rock Sportsbook when it was the Hard Rock. And he had like uh, an over-under, which is, you know, how many points uh, you think uh, both teams are going to combine to score, right? Numbchuck, you yes. got me so far? I got you so far. I think the over-under, I'm going to hype it. It doesn't really matter for the story, but let's just say the over-under was like 140. Got you. Uh, they had 139 points up there with two and a half minutes to go. I thought it was like more like three minutes to go. And you had two white guys that were shooting four free throws, a set of free throws each. They miss all four, okay? And then he looks at me, he's like, is this really going to happen, dude? Are you kidding me, dude? They proceeded to miss maybe six or seven shots. Nobody scored. And then with 15 seconds left, the team that was up 30 points because of a blowout, they got a steal and an uncontested layup the other way. Nobody playing defense. 15 seconds to go. The guy goes up for the lap and then dribbles and doesn't take the shot and triples it out. And he was, Chris was going nuts. He was going crazy. So hence, I came up with the term, the C-win special. <laughs> Meaning, if you have a ticket and you lose at the last second or it's a bad beat, it's called the C-win special. And it happened again yesterday. Chris did one of his little 50-cent parlays or whatever it was. Maybe it was $20. I don't know. And he bet the over. Good bet. The over easily came in in the Aces game yesterday. And he bet on the Aces. The Aces were minus 10.5. They were up 9, 10, 11 points with with several minutes left to go. And then the last couple minutes of the game, they missed, uh, I think Kelsey Plum missed two free throws. Uh, You had another shooter who missed one of two. And then uh, Minnesota made a three. Anyway, long story short, Chris lost. And uh, the Aces did not cover. More importantly, they won the game, but they did not cover. So, of course, Chris is sitting there and in pain. Um, I bet against him yesterday. And the only reason why I bet against him, not because I don't think the Aces are one of the best, if not the best team in the league. They are. And they were playing one of the worst teams in the league. The only reason why I bet against him yesterday, one reason, is because he's the mush. He finds a way to lose in every situation. It's absolutely unbelievable. So this is funny, uh, Numchuck. Well, it's funny to me. So my former co-host wanted to hire Chris, not as a joke. Wanted to hire him as a fade handicapper. Do you know what a fade handicapper is? Have you heard of that term before? No. Okay, so a fade handicapper is if the Lakers are playing the Celtics and your fade handicapper says, I'm betting the Lakers... Everyone else bets the Celtics. You want to know his pick so you could bet the opposite. Okay. So you're a professional fade handicapper. You're your guy, and everybody knows somebody like that in their life. Where if you're a sports, you, you, one of your friends bets on sports, you know if they bet one way, if you have the same ticket, you're going to lose. You got to bet the other way. Now I joke around with this stuff all the time, and I poke fun at him, but it's in a, a joking fashion. You know yeah. what I mean? I, trust me, I know worse handicappers than him. But you know, I I prod and I and I. Well, not prod. Maybe that's the wrong terminology. I don't touch him. Wrong, yeah. Yeah, wrong terminology. So I poke him a little bit, and I I make fun of him. My former co-host was serious. He wanted to hire him as the official fade handicapper of the radio show. He wanted to pay him to give out picks so that everybody could bet the opposite. Chris didn't like that very much because he knew that he wasn't joking. He knew he was serious. So he took offense to that. So it's kind of like the running joke now. So I say this half jokingly, but I also take it, uh, do it very seriously. I believe Chris Wynn 
should give us fade picks every week. Now, I'm not going to pay him. I want to tally. I want to, I want him to give out at least a few picks a week, and I want to tally what his record is. He's not going to be over 50%. I will make him a wager right now. He does not win more games than he loses. He does not. Yeah, I can see it. Do I think he's the worst ever? No, I don't. But he does. he's not winning more games than he loses. He always takes favorites. He always, you know, that's, this is what this guy does. So, anyway, do you think he should, we should do that? I think we should start that website that I was talking to you about. Fair enough. Uh, oh, what is it called? Uh, what, what did you say you, you were going to call the website? I don't remember. Losewithwin.com. Losewithwin.com. Uh, can, can we buy the rights to that? Let's or do it. That? All right. Um, so, I thought I would uh, add this for all of you. Uh, the PGA Championship is this week. And as you know, uh, the PGA Championship is a major, and it's one of the... Uh, Biggest tournaments, four, you know, top four tournaments of the year. It's a major, right? So any any major, you're going to say to yourself, okay, that's a big that's a big event, and all the stars are out. Tiger's been struggling, by the way, but a guy that was on the top of the leaderboard yesterday, uh, which to me is absolutely uh, incredible, because this guy is not young. He's in his fifties. He's on the uh, well. I think he plays in some of the senior PGA Tour events. I'm not a hundred percent positive on that, but I'm pretty sure he does. I'm talking about John Daly. Hey, John Daly, uh, he won a few majors. Remember when he won the British Open when he was an amateur? Well, he shot uh, two over par yesterday. He's 58th place. Pretty pretty impressive. The fact that if he plays halfway decent day, he's going to make the cut at his age. And a major, that's pretty incredible. If you want to know what his diet is, if you want to know what uh, John Daly uh, ate yesterday... I'm not making this up. And this, you, you were telling me this earlier. This yeah. is before the first... Or before no, the, this is during the round yesterday. Oh, during the round. Okay. He had 21 cigarettes, 18 Diet Cokes. He had six packages of M&Ms. He did not have one ounce of water. Let me repeat that. For a guy that is playing world-class golf in a major, shooting two over in a major is world-class golf. 21 cigarettes, 18 Diet Cokes, no water... And six packages of M and M's. I'm serious. I'm not making this up. I believe you 100. I've seen him. It's unbelievable. Well, you, well, if you see what he looks like, you'd understand. Yeah. That's what his diet is. Uh, so you want to know what he did after the round? He gets went and celebrated. Gets better. You know, want want to know where he celebrated? Hooters. That's right. That's where John Daly went. <laughs> he went to Hooters. After the PGA Championship first round when he was uh, close to the leaderboard. <laughs> That's right. Hooters, uh, it's a casino too, by the way, so you know he played a little bit. Uh, pretty incredible. He didn't stop there. He, he spotted, uh, posted up at the slots. He was playing slot machines there as well. This is a guy that's admitted to losing upwards of $50 million in his career gambling, by the way. So he went and he played slot machines, hanging out in Hooters in the Hooters Casino. I just think that is the coolest thing in the world. Uh, 21, you know, how many cigarettes did he have? I don't know, 20-something-odd cigarettes, six packages of M&Ms, 18 Diet Cokes on the golf course, no problem, two over, uh, plays well. Then he goes to Hooters and he goes and gambles, plays slot machines. There's pictures with him with the ladies. Uh, I don't know, I just think that, how do you not root for this guy? Seriously. How do you not root for this guy? You don't. You love him. You know who I'm not rooting for? The people who run the PGA Championship. Here's why. You're not going to believe what they are charging for beer and food at the PGA Championship this year. Guess. Guess what they are charging for a small little beer that you would buy for a dollar at a 7-Eleven store. Guess what they're charging for? Give me a guess. 
I already know, so I'm, oh, I'm not, already, I, can't, I can't guess. Oh, okay. You're, I didn't know you already knew that. $18. Yeah. You're charging $18 for a beer at the PGA Championship. Uh, you know what they're charging for a salad? Do you know this as well? No, I don't know that one. Oh, okay, but you can guess. Probably. Is there? Is it like a chicken salad or is no, it like anything just special? Regular, just a regular salad. Small house salad. Probably 15 $16. Good guess. So if you wanted to get a little dinner salad... And a little eight ounce can of beer. That would run you somewhere around forty dollars. Now you know when Justin Thomas is speaking out on something, it's really bad because Justin Thomas to me is a little well, I'll just leave that one alone. Remember Justin Thomas? He's the guy that hit a shot at a golf tournament a few years ago, and then after he hits the shot, a fan said go in the bunker. He turns around and he, and he says, You can get out of here, and he got him kicked out because Justin Thomas is an idiot. Don't like Justin Thomas. A hell of a ba- he's a hell of a, I almost said basketball. No, he's, he's definitely not a basketball player. Today. I'd love to play basketball against him. He's not a basketball player. Justin Thomas is winning the PGA Championship right now, but um, he did stand up for the fans. He has some decency. Uh, he said it was ridiculous. He said you got to stand up for the fans. These prices are insane. And uh, somebody on Twitter challenged Thomas and said, where did the large winner's prize pot come from? Thomas responded by saying TV deals, ticket sales, corporate sponsors, uh, and from the looks of it, concession stands were factored into our purse. Uh, if it was factored into our purse, would be playing for $15 million. I hate to say it, but Justin Thomas is 100% correct. Um, you know, I remember when I was 19 years old. 19 years old. By the way, Anderson Hunt is calling me. I don't think he understands that I do a radio show. Uh, so uh, if our producer Rick was here, I'd be able to uh, tell him to call Anderson. But uh, here, take the phone, Numchuck. See, Anderson doesn't realize that it's a live. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and answer uh, it. He, go ahead, talk to Anderson. He hung up. Go ahead. Let's call Anderson live on the radio. Go ahead, call him. Let's just call him live on the air. What is he? I, I don't know. He's calling me. Oh, you know what we'll do, ladies and gentlemen? We'll take a break because my producer, Rick, I don't know where he is. But this is why you need a producer actually here. Uh, Anyway, we'll take a break. I've got Anderson Hunt calling me on the phone while I'm doing a radio show. Let's take a quick break. And the legend himself, hopefully, Anderson Hunt, will be joining us next. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on a Friday. I want to tell you guys about my good friend Brian Slipbach, Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. Great gaming bar, just great people, great food. If you walk in there, you mention my name and the name of the show, you get $10 free slot play, signing up for a player's card. And even though this month is winding down, if uh, this month you hit a jackpot, you get 10% free play, whatever the jackpot plays. So please check them out. It's a great place. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at Flamingo and Jones. And tell them I sent you. Well, the lady we have with us in studio right now, I had the fine pleasure of meeting her a few months ago. Uh, she is a fresh new candidate. She's running for lieutenant governor in the great state of Nevada. Uh, no, I'm not talking about Anderson Hunt. He's going to be joining us here in a little bit. I found out <laughs> I found out he went to the wrong station. But uh, Eva Chase has been on this show plenty of times, and, and I always enjoy speaking with her. And uh, she joins us in studio now. Eva, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Yes. Thank you for having me back. It's always a pleasure. Of course, of course. Get that microphone down a little bit so we can hear you better. Thank you. Um, so, time's winding down now, right? I mean, we're really close to, to the elections. Uh, I think early voting has already begun. Am I wrong on that, or, or is that not started yet? 
It starts May 28th. Okay, so it's coming up. Okay. Yes, yep. it's close. Good. So are you nervous? Not nervous, just a sense of urgency to get the message out and let the Nevada voters know that they have a healthy alternative to the political establishment of my three opponents. Right. Talk about your opponents first. Um, who do you believe is the front runner? Deborah March, the mayor of Henderson. Oh, I see. Okay. So what, are, what do you think your differences are? What do you think the differences are uh, between you and your opponent? She has been in state politics since 2017. Mm -hmm. And I've been on some Zoom meetings where she has been there and she touted her business accomplishments. Mm -hmm. She didn't talk about any social issues like homelessness, veterans abortion. affairs, abortion, yeah. uh, the LGBTQ community, voting rights. It's all business with her. Speaking of current events, I know you don't shy away from talking about any current events or things that are going on. By the way, neither do I. What do you make of these mass shootings that have been taking place, particularly the one in Buffalo? I mean, every mass shooting is terrible. It doesn't matter what the color of somebody's skin is. However, in this situation in Buffalo, this was clearly a hate crime. This was an 18-year-old deranged individual, a white 18-year-old, who wanted to kill as many black people as possible. Um, what, do you, what did you make of that whole situation? I thought it was very disgusting and very disturbing. And immediately... I put out where I campaign, I can I campaign on TikTok, Eva Chase LV. Yeah. And I put one out and said what I would do to take care of the situation, safe gun reform. Mm -hmm. And I got some hate back, but that TikTok took off and I got close to 300 responses in one day. Wow, that's a lot. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's interesting. That's That's good. You know, what I see, Eva, is I see, obviously, a deranged 18-year-old uh, piece of garbage. I mean, you could use any name you want, I guess. Mm -hmm. But what I see is I see somebody who was radicalized, somebody who believed in this white replacement theory nonsense that the Tucker Carlson's mm -hmm. of the world throw out there. Mm -hmm. And I see somebody, 18, who threatened his classmates a year prior, and yet legally, illegally, is not, not able to buy beer, right? Can't walk into a store and buy beer at 18. But you can walk into a place that sells guns, which he did, and buy an assault weapon like he does with the rounds of ammunition. I say, what country are we living in when an 18-year-old can't buy beer? By the way, which is fine. I'm okay mm -hmm. with the 21 and over uh, law. I'm not mm -hmm. saying I'm not. Yeah. But you, you can't buy beer. You can't have a drink. But you can buy a weapon that could, that could execute people in such a short period of time. I mean, am I, you see where I'm going here. It's like, where are we at? Well, we're backwards, and I see that we need to have a stronger response, and I'm sick of these mass shootings. Mm. And where I live in Vegas, I live very near where we the, the big shooting happened a few years ago near Mandalay Bay. Yeah. And I know the answer to fix the problem. We need to have stronger background checks, and I know I'm going to make the NRA people mad, but oh well. Ban AR-15s. Yeah. I'm sick of seeing people like Lindsey Graham and Marjorie Taylor Greene 
holding an AR-15 in a campaign ad saying, don't take my gun away. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, I put up a Facebook post. Anybody can go on my Facebook page and see this. Um, And, you know, a lot of these Republicans called it child abuse. If you had asked your child or told your child to put a mask on during the heart of the pandemic, not now. And yet I put up a picture of all these families that you're talking about with their young kids with these assault weapons in their mm-hmm. hand. And I said, for all you people out there that think putting on a mask, telling a kid to put a mask on his child, what would you say to this? You have five and six-year-olds carrying uh, AR-15s in mm-hmm. family pictures. I think that's child abuse. Totally. I don't remember when, when I was five or six years old, my parents didn't put an AR-15 in my hand and say, yeah. This is your birthright. Go, go and enjoy. Right. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, that's that's a, it. It's totally insane, and it it needs to stop. I don't think it's going to stop so long as we can't get in the middle and, and figure out some solutions. I think mm-hmm. majority of the Democrats have a lot of solutions when it comes to gun control, and I haven't heard one Democrat say they're going to get rid of all your guns. That's a lie. That's mm-hmm. being put forth for the right. Mm-hmm. All I hear from the right is thoughts and prayers, and more guns are the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly not a solution. Mm-hmm. We need to come together and, and, and come together with some reasonable solutions. And in my personal opinion, listen, I blame Democrats sometimes for being too far to the left, not on this issue. Mm-hmm. I think they're 100% right on this issue. Not one Democrat wants to take all your guns away, and I would never support anything like that. But they always preach and talk about, maybe preach is the wrong word, but they tell people the weapons of war, these types of weapons that should only be used by our brave men and women in in, in the military and police officers don't have a problem with that either. But you cannot, nobody can rightfully tell me and tell me uh, that any human being that needs to defend their home by one one of these assault rifles. You don't need an assault rifle to defend. And then they want to talk about their amendment rights. And, and, you know, when these these laws were put together, there were muskets, Mm -hmm. okay? Times change. That doesn't mean that I'm not saying you don't have a right to defend yourself with a gun. As long as you're in a law-abiding citizen, you should be allowed to. But, you know, you can't have a bazooka, right? You can't have a tank in your backyard, These guns were built for one reason, not for self-defense. They were built to kill and have as many mass casualties in a short period of time. These are that's why I call them weapons of war. This wasn't for deer hunting. Nobody built an assault rifle in hopes of, well, this is to defend my family. You know, you're gonna have a hundred people, you know, barging into your home. Um so if you're lieutenant governor, Mm -hmm. what do you do on day one when it comes to the gun control issues? What would you do? First thing I would do on the issue of guns is put forth some type of a legislation or may, I don't know if the lieutenant governor can do an executive order. I don't think so because that's more of a governor type of a duty. Right. But I would put very strong input on making gun safety a priority making it guns that don't belong on the street get them off the street Mm -hmm. and only the authorities that are supposed to have those guns have those guns and then also i would expand mental health care background checks Mm -hmm. because it's just a case of we're just not addressing the core issue I had somebody tell me the other day, they said, well, guns don't kill people, people do. And I say, guns are a part 
of how they do it. That's such a stupid com- I hate when people make that comment. You know, it's like saying, well, okay, cocaine's not killing people. People are killing people by taking cocaine. Right. It's the same thing. It's so stupid. Cars don't kill people. People kill people. Well, yes, somebody has to drive a car at a high rate of speed, but mm-hmm. you wouldn't have cars on the road that go 250 or 300 miles an hour on a highway, right? You, I mean, there are laws put in place, right? There's a reason why you can't drink and drive. Mm-hmm. A beer doesn't kill people. If you're drunk and you drive a car, that will kill people. Uh, no, the alcohol on its own won't kill you unless you know you could die, I guess, of alcohol poisoning, but you can also have a gun and take your own life. I mean, it, it's so stupid when people make those statements. Okay, I, I tell people this all the time. All right, so if a gun, the guns are, are not the problem, then why do we have some limitations on, on what type of guns you can buy then? If bombs don't kill people, you know, I mean, I mean somebody has to detonate a bomb. Yeah. It's it just, to me, it's such a ridiculous statement. You know, it just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, there has to be reasonable laws put in place. There are loopholes when it comes to comprehensive background checks, as you know. Mm-hmm. And then we have the situation of hate crimes. Mm. And whenever you bring up, uh, you know, a hate crime or the fact that people died because of the color of their skin, and that's exactly what happened in Buffalo, mm-hmm. just innocent people who happen to be black that are in a supermarket just living their life, good honest people and a former police officer who also happened to be black who was a security guard in that supermarket who was a hero by the way and engaged the suspect the good guy with the gun didn't win and the reason why the good guy with the gun didn't win not because that man wasn't brave as hell it's because he had a pistol and the shooter 18 years old had an assault rifle the people who should have assault rifles in this country are law enforcement Mm -hmm. those are the good guys in, in most situations, anyway, law enforcement, the general public, evil or not, should not be allowed to be purchasing guns like this. Because like I said, these guns weren't made for self-defense. They're made to kill as many people as possible. And that's what this 18-year-old did. He knew what he was going to do. He had a manifesto. He live-streamed it. He wanted to kill as many innocent black people as possible. Mm-hmm. Yet people in this country still say the idea of white supremacy is a hoax. Tucker Carlson says it every day. The idea of white supremacy is a hoax. He said it after the Texas El Paso shooting. Mm-hmm. Why is it, Eva? That so many Democrats are willing to talk about these topics, but so many Republicans are not. Because Democrats see the problem and they want to fix the problem, and Democrats have a conscience. I think sometimes Democrats are a little bit soft in their approach, but generally Democrats will go to the bat. They'll Mm -hmm. go to bat for the American people. Mm -hmm. Republicans have an agenda. Yeah. It's all about power, and they have a base that I want to, I can't be kind on this. Their base is not, they're not the brightest stars in the universe. No, no, I, <laughs> so, you don't have to be nice. Let's call it, no, you're right. I yeah, agree with you. Yeah. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Matt mm-hmm. Gates, Donald Trump, McCarthy, oh. Gymnasium Jordan. These are despicable. I'll just say it. These are despicable human yeah. beings. They are despicable people. Listen, I don't like Nancy Pelosi. I think we need younger people in office. Yeah. I don't like Chuck Schumer. I wouldn't call them despicable people. I'd like to think they are reasonable and they do care about people. Joe Biden, decent human being. His wife, decent human being. Mm-hmm. Those people that I mentioned, these some of these Republicans in office, yeah. they're just despicable people. But you're right. That is their base. So let's uh, let's try to be, end this on a high note, though. Let's talk a little bit about um, 
your positive campaign, what you've been doing over the course of last week. I know you've spoken to a bunch of people. Uh, tell me how your campaign's going thus far. Well, I have to give you some credit first. Oh, you, well, thank you. <laughs> you discovered me at a veterans forum. Which I did. I remember it very well. Which I moderated, which I, yes. I regret, but not because of you, but go yes. ahead. <laughs> yes, it was an experience. Yes, it was. <laughs> and I, I held my own pretty good. Mm -hmm. You did. And because of that, you have kind of jump-started my campaign. I, since then, have made some contacts in the LGBT community at the Henderson Equality Center with the Lambda, which is the Chamber of Commerce mm -hmm. for small business for the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. Also with the Las Vegas Trans Pride Center. I've had two speaking engagements. One was with the, with the Trans Pride Center and the other one was at the Equality Center. And one had 50 people, and I was very excited by that. Stayed and played bingo. Got to see a beautiful drag queen. Did you win? No. Oh. But I met some nice people from my hometown, which I think was that's very great. nice. I think that's great. And, and then, I, yeah. yeah. I think that's awesome um, that mm -hmm. you're getting your word out there and, yeah. and you're speaking to, to these people in the great city of Las Vegas. I, I really think that's awesome. And I think you need to keep up the fight. And no matter what happens in the race, who knows? You know, maybe you work uh, in, in an administration. Maybe you, you get a little bit more experience under your mm -hmm. belt, too. And who knows, you know, what the future holds for you. But the, I think I've told you this before, even off the air. The important thing is, is that you're doing this. You're getting your word out there. Mm -hmm. uh, you're spreading your message, which is a positive message for change. Uh, not a lot of negativity with so many, I think, so many other candidates, especially on the right, are doing these days. I appreciate that, Eva, and I appreciate what you're doing. How can people follow you on Twitter and social media? They can find me on Facebook, and if they go to Eva Chase LV, that's my TikTok and also my Twitter account. I don't do too much on YouTube, but there are some there, mm -hmm. and those were that's where you're mainly going to find me. And then I, mm -hmm. I do promote you and this radio station. Follow me at on Pushing the Limits. I appreciate that. And I do put that on my social media post. I appreciate that, you know, and we'll have you on again soon. But I want to say I do support you for Lieutenant Governor. I think you would do a great job. Uh, you're a kind person. You're a good person. That's number one for me. And I do agree with a lot of your political beliefs, whether it be supporting Black Lives Matter or the LGBT community. Mm -hmm. um, I support what you're passionate about, and that's important to me. So I appreciate you coming in as always. And uh, we'll have you on again soon. Thank you so much. That is Eva Chase, everybody, running for lieutenant governor in the great state of Nevada. I'm really glad to hear that her campaign is is doing so well. And we'll have her on, uh, we'll have her on again uh, very, very soon. That is Eva Chase, everybody. We'll take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, UNLV legend, Eva, you should say hello to him, by the way. Uh, this is a legend, and this is somebody uh, who I've gotten to know over the years. Uh, he won a national championship with UNLV. I know you've met some pretty famous people in the past. The great Anderson Hunt is waiting in our lobby right now, so he's going to be coming up next, and you're welcome to stick around and, 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 and watch and, and listen in. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, take a quick break. Be back right after this. Anderson Hunt, the legend, coming up next.
All right, welcome back to Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So glad you could join us. Now, anybody who knows me knows I love talking to UNLV legends, right? We, we get them on this show from time to time. And uh, love talking hoops, and particularly hoops from, like, the late 80s, early 90s. Well, the guy we have with us in studio is certainly no exception to that. He won a national championship with UNLV. Oh, those were the good old days, right? Jerry Tarkanian. And uh, this guy's a legend, and UNLV is honoring him, rightfully so. Uh, the UNLV Hall of Fame, he'll be uh, inducted tomorrow with a couple other big names, including my guy, Wink Adams, who, by the way, is a great guy, uh, among some others, and we'll get into some of those other names. But the legend himself, smooth as ice, Anderson Hunt, joining us in the studio now. Hunt, what's up, my man? Thanks for being here. Uh, not much, not much. Same old, same old for me. We're, I'm going to introduce your friends as well because I know okay. we got this awesome three-point contest that I, I – actually, I should be playing in this contest too because I have an ugly Sean Marion set-shot. I know, Hunt, I don't look like an athlete, and you'd be right about that, but I do have a little bit of eye-hand coordination. <laughs> I can shoot. Anyway, it's good to see you, my man. How you been? Pretty good, man. It's always a pleasure to see you coming in the studio. I appreciate you that. Know? Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Always fun for you, right, to come back to Vegas. You're a legend here, right? Oh, yeah. How many, people, how many people just come up to you when you're here and just say, Hunt, oh, my God. You know, like, I would imagine you get that a lot here. Oh, yeah. It's, um, years go past, less, yep. you know, less and less. But, yep. you know, um, it's, they still come up to me. Take me back to an 18-year-old Anderson Hunt, right? <laughs> uh, did you ever think that you'd be at the point now where you'd be inducted into the UNLV Hall of Fame athletics? Uh, with a national championship, I mean, did you ever did you ever think that you'd be at where you're at right now? No, no, not but in a million years. Because 18, I didn't even know I was. You know, I didn't know I was going to even start. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I had to work my way in the starting lineup. So, so you're a freshman. You didn't you you didn't even know how much playing time you were going to get, let alone be a starter and win a national championship with the likes of like Larry Johnson and Greg Anthony. You had no idea. Oh no. No, the first my first um, year I had, a, had to sit out Proposition Forty Eight. So right, that was at eighty eight when Jarvis was a senior. What was the first moment that Anderson you said to yourself, "Okay, this is for real now. I could be a star on this team. We could win a national championship, and and I could be looking at a professional career in basketball." Like, what was like the first moment where you finally said to yourself, "Okay, I think I can do this"? After we beat the Soviets. The Soviets, yeah, really? Yeah, our first game, 80, 89. How many points did you have in that game? I don't remember. <laughs> Quite a few, though, yeah, I'm sure. I, yeah, I don't remember. I had about 20. Where did you learn? Because you always are known as not only one of the best UNLV players of all time, certainly one of the best, maybe the best shooter of all time. Where did you get that? The hand coordination, uh, you know, because it's either you have it or you don't, right? You can learn how to shoot, but it doesn't mean you're going to be a natural shooter like you you were where do, where do you think you got that from? Was it like family, athletes in your family, the, the ability, the not just the athleticism? Probably from my pops. But, really? you know, being from Detroit, you know, it's a, so many um, so many talented people come out of Detroit. Yeah. You know, you got to, you know, you got to compete. Right. This is a proper question for you. Do, do you think Steph Curry is the best pure shooter of all time? Because you were such a great pure shooter. Yeah. Him and Bird. Do you got okay? You brought up Larry Bird, and I got your man here who was a ball boy for the Celtics when you were on that team for a little bit. You told me a story once, and maybe you could share this with us again because it's such a it's such a cool story. Like this is a story you tell your grandkids. I mean, it's crazy that Larry, when you were on this team with Larry Bird, that you would compete with him in practice for money. 
kid? Like, how does that happen? Does Larry Bird just come up to you in practice, after practice, and say, hey, Hunt, hey, rookie, let's go? Like, how does that work? What does he say to you? Yeah, basically. You know, and you know, <laughs> me being from Detroit, I wouldn't go back down, and then you shoot against Larry. You so know, what is the first thing? get better. What is the first thing he says to you to challenge you? Like, what does he say? What does a guy like Larry Bird say to you? Look, you want to come shoot? Then he asks for money. He wants to play for something. Oh, no. We first started off just uh, for fun. Then, but then it went to money. Yeah, then it went to money. <laughs> so do you still owe him money to this day? No, I don't owe the money. D- did you lose? I lost a lot of times. But you did beat him. There were times where you beat him as well. I might have beat him one time. <laughs> just one time. <laughs> and you're Anderson Hunt. I mean, you're coming off of a national championship. What was it about this guy? Like, as I hear stories from him, players that played against him, that there was nobody more competitive than him. Like, he would, he would go into arenas, and he would ask, like, the ball boy, hey, what's the record in this place? A regular season game, which, uh, you know, a lot of NBA players, they don't, it's hard for them to get going for just another regular season game. Like, did, did he even do that in, like, preseason games? Did he ask questions like that? Or what got him going, like, before a game? Matter of fact, I played in one preseason game with him because he was coming, his back was messed up. Right. And this was, like, you know, his last year. But, man, he was one, he just competitive. You yeah. know, plus he was, he wasn't as athletic as anybody. So he had to come with any type of angle he could. Type of trash talking? Did he say anything weird to players and practices? Just stuff that you didn't hear other players say? Mm, only a little trash talk, but more uh, encouragement trash talk. I like it. You know, to get you more competitive. And you were with Danny. Were you, was that the team with Danny Ainge, or was that uh, after? Um, I don't think. No, no, I don't think that was. Yeah. Well, I don't other, even remember practicing against him. Chris Ford was the coach? Yeah. Yeah. What'd you think of him? Yeah, all right. Yeah, that's what I hear from a lot of people. I hear a lot of mixed bags about, about yeah, yeah, Chris man. Ford. All right, let's go back to, to why you're really here, um, which, of course, is UNLV honoring you. Uh, what was it like when you first got the message? Uh, I don't know who told you that you were going to be honored and you were going to be in the Hall of Fame. What, what was your first reaction? I was surprised at first. Really? Yeah. Why? Yeah, it's been 32 years. Why do you think it took them this long? Your guess is good as mine, Shep. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, you know like I said, um, I'm appreciative now. You know, that I'm even getting on it. I feel like, and I hear this from a lot of players, we've talked about this a little bit off the air, you and me, you're an honest guy, and I know how much you love UNLV. I know what your passion is, and I talk to, you know, Marcus Banks. You Both of you are very similar in the fact that you guys are so passionate, so appreciative of, of the fans here, but at the same time, there are some frustrations. And I, by the way, I'm not putting any of that on the current administration. I'm not putting anything on Kevin Kruger. I think Kevin's a great guy. In fact, I'm the one you know, who, who encouraged Kevin to call you, to, to reach out to you. And I'm glad he did, by the way. Um, and I know you guys had a nice conversation. But it's got to be a little frustrating, right? Guys like you, Larry Johnson, who I know you're very close with, who hasn't always had the best relationship with UNLV over the years. By the way, I don't blame him. Don't blame any of the players, by the way. So what, where, where is your level at now? This is a nice gesture by UNLV. It took too long. But I think they're making, maybe I'm wrong, but it appears as though they're making an effort. That's got to make you feel good, right? Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, UNLV is UNLV. No right. matter who's at the top, there's always, always going to be UNLV. So whoever, whatever's going on, like I told Ron, we was kids. So whoever got into a little debate, whether mm-hmm. it was Coach Tark and whoever at the administration up, up, upstairs, we was kids. We was just trying to win and get an education. Right. 
you know. So you, you 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 definitely won a lot. That's for sure. <laughs> There's no question about that. What are the you know you know all these rumors and uh, they say oh you guys you didn't go to class you had other people taking tests for you and Man. and uh, what, what, is any of that true or I mean, what, I mean I was just telling Ron <laughs> Ron from Detroit I say man. <laughs> The only thing you had to do was play defense and go to class. You can get anything you want. <laughs> anything. Anything you want. Does that include women too? No, you can get your own women. <laughs> I ain't even like getting no women. <laughs> do you mind if I if we reminisce a little bit? I don't think you'll mind this. I mean, I hear the stories when you guys are on the road and you guys were, were the rebels, man. You guys were the running rebels, the true running rebels. You guys were the biggest celebrities around sports-wise back then, right? You were the team. Is it true that there were women just waiting for you at hotels when you guys were on the road? And what did Jerry Tarkanian do about that? Hotels, baggage claim. Oh you touched down at LAX. They was there. Follow the bus. You know, no, Coach Tark used to just look, smile, and shake his head. So he just kind of let you guys do your thing, right? Oh, yeah. Long he didn't micromanage. As long as we won and was at practice on time. Yeah. They're staying at your hotels. Like, okay, so so help me out with this. You're, you got a game against, I don't know, say you're playing Cal or something. I have no idea. And you get to the hotel. It's the day before, night before the game. How many people are waiting for you guys, like, on average? I'm curious. So we used to get there, like, a couple of days before. Mm-hmm. But the night before the game, we you know we had security at the um, elevator, so they couldn't come up to the room. But so some, there were women trying to get up to your oh, yeah. your, your hotel. Oh my gosh! Oh yeah. Were there all any mo- types of all times of the night? Were there any times where you told the security to lay off a little bit and just let them up there? A lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Okay, you don't have to answer if you don't want to. But you know me; I ask all these inappropriate questions, Anderson. Who do you think was the most popular amongst the ladies amongst that national championship team? Was it you? Me and L and Stace third. And Stace, really? Stace was third. Well, you think he would debate that at all? I don't know. Probably. Larry would. Larry would. So Larry would say he had more women than you. He always say that. <laughs> he always says that. Yeah. Okay. Does he, does he get a lot of women these days as well? I don't know. I was, oh, you that you don't know. Him. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that you don't yeah, know. You have to ask him that. I'm what? talking about college days. Understood. <laughs> Understood. So you guys didn't allow that to... Which is incredible, but I mean, this happens in the it happens in every sport. Obvious. What you're saying is not surprising. Any difficult to, difficulty to uh, focus? Because it seemed like you guys had no issues. Really, uh, you guys were pretty much always ready to go and just destroy these teams. And people forget, you guys were scoring 100 points. You guys were one of the first college teams out there that were up there as far as scoring that many points. You were just blowing teams out. You were just destroying teams. I mean. Before games, what was your motivation? You just it seemed like you guys just wanted to you know, you know, in today's day and age, sometimes teams take days off. They'll they'll they should beat a team by twenty, but they'll win by five. You guys were beating teams by like thirty, forty points, right? The, the games was fun. Practice is what we hated. Really? So when we you know, game time, we got a chance to go against somebody else. So that you know, that was fun for us. What was it about Tark's practices that you really didn't enjoy very much? Three hour defense. Really? Iowa offense. Do you feel like, and I'm sure you'll admit now that was to your benefit, right? Oh, yeah. Obviously. No, no doubt. And do you feel and everything. Do you feel like, especially in the pros now, that the focus is not enough on defense? Oh, man. It's NBA so, you know, ticky-tack now. You know, I don't even like watching it most of the time. I'm glad you brought that up because I was talking about this the other day, and you're the perfect person to ask about this. Back in the 80s and when you were playing, late 80s, early 90s, 
you could kill somebody and they'll get right back up. Like I remember I was talking about Bill Lambeer earlier where I remember when Bill Lambeer got his head taken off, he got right back up and he charges Larry Bird, right? Your former teammate. Bad boys. Right. The bad boys, of course. And I feel like today, if LeBron, I lo- listen, I love LeBron, all due respect to him. If he gets touched, he's yelling. I remember I was watching the Phoenix Suns game last week and Booker's going for a layup. And it's a regular foul. He gets hit on the arm. He falls a little awkward, but he's on the ground like he just got murdered. And I'm thinking to myself, Anderson, if that's you or Grandmama or somebody, you're bouncing right back up. These guys are getting touched, and they're hooting and hollering and yelling. I mean, I don't know. that. Maybe I sound old complaining about this stuff, but I missed the game back then. I just feel like, do you agree with me that the game is soft now compared to what it was? Oh, yes. Back in the day, it's more authentic. Yeah. You know, now, you know, it's so commercial, entertainment, you know, so, mm-hmm. like I say, man, it's too much flopping. Why do you think that is? Why? Do you think it's the wussification of parenting? Do you believe it's coaching? I mean, I, I think it's parenting, and we'll talk to your to your friends next segment. I want to get them involved in this conversation, too. Uh, I know uh, your friend agrees with me here, uh, Raphael. We'll, we'll talk to him in a few minutes. I just feel like it's it, a big part of the problem is parents, right? Well, I'm not the perfect parent, but I can't comment on that. Some people, yeah. you know, maybe, but I think it's culture. Can AAU I, coaches. Agree. You know, Let me you ask know. you this. You're, you're Anderson Hunt. You're, you're sitting there in the stands. Say, I'm just giving a hypothetical. You're watching your son play a game, right? Your son drives the ball to the basket, gets hit on the arm. He goes down like he was just sexually assaulted, right? Because <laughs> um, that's what some of these NBA players are doing, by the way. You would think that, I hate to say it, but they look like they just got sexually assaulted. What would you say to your son after the game? Would you say, son, be a man, stop crying on the floor? Unless, listen, if somebody's really hurt, then that's different. But that's, you know what I'm talking about. Would you say something to your son? How would you deal with that? Well, I'll just tell him, don't do that ever again. Yeah. You know, bounce back up. Yeah. Just get up. Matter yeah. of fact, that foul wasn't even that hard. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> do you? Feel, you're right. That's. I wish more parents would do that. Do you feel like coaches don't do that too, and they're responsible? To the prima donnas, the coaches. You know, coaches have yeah. prima donnas on the team. So, right. I don't right. know. The twelfth man, he might jump right back up. What do you think of the, the new flagrant fouls uh, in basketball? Um, uh, how do you feel about that? I've seen some situations, even in the playoffs, where, and I'll defend Draymond Green on this one, he got thrown out of a game which I thought was ridiculous. What do you make of these new rules? It's almost like you can't play defense anymore, playoff defense. Well, you know what's up? I don't really know the rules no more. Yeah. I know it's soft Yeah. all around. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess they're trying to protect the players. I don't yeah. know what you know. I don't know what that's about, but it's just soft to me. What do you make of? And I guess we're getting more to the pros now. We'll get back to you and LV. But what do you make of some of these teams? Like a Kevin Durant, right? He plays for Oklahoma City. Can't beat the Golden State Warriors. It's a great rivalry. Can't get over the hump. So what does he do? You know what? I think I'm going to become a Golden State Warrior. Then he wins a championship. Kevin Durant is a fantastic player, right? Nobody can take that away from him. But it's like your former teammate, Larry Bird. Do you think Larry Bird would ever have said, geez, I really like that Magic Johnson. I think I want to go over there and I want to become a Laker. Gosh, I I really uh, hate playing against Bill Lane Beer, but boy, I'd love to be his teammate. Bird would have never done that back in the day, right? I mean, never. never. So what do you make of this day and age now? Where these, these super teams where can't beat them, join them. That's what I was just about to say. You know the old school saying, "Can't beat him, join him." Yeah. You know, KD, he was, you know, he was, he wanted to win a championship bad. Yeah. You know, and that was the best way. Do you put an asterisk next to that championship? No, no. 
So he earned it. No. Oh yeah. Even he though he's it. playing with several other Hall of Famers. Yeah, he yeah. earned it. Hey. Yeah. He what do you? Was, he was practicing the A day with him. Fair enough. Yeah. Do you, agree, do you agree with me that Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time? I do talk to a lot. Uh, Marcus Banks who's arguing with me about this, saying that LeBron is the best player of all time. I called him crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's Jordan. I think it's Magic. I think it's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, I think you can make the argument for Kobe Bryant. I think you can make an argument for Larry Bird. I probably wouldn't put Bird in the top five, but I think you can make an argument for it. I think LeBron is a top ten player. I don't think LeBron is a top five player, and I certainly don't think he's the best player of all time. I think the GOAT will always be Michael Jordan. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, Jordan is the GOAT, but LeBron is a close second. You do? Okay. Oh, yeah. So tell me why. Because obviously you have a little more basketball experience than I do. Why, why do you put LeBron ahead of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant? Because LeBron, if you play on this team, you got a chance to play in June every year mm-hmm. for two decades, for a decade. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, he does make everybody else better. You're exactly. right about that. There's no question about that. Why do you put Jordan ahead of him, though? Oh, Jordan, assassin, and I'm older. Mm-hmm. You know, Jordan is, you know, uh, my era. Mm-hmm. You know, and plus he had to go through the Pistons and Boston. You know what I loved about my favorite part of Jordan's career? You can talk about the three-peat and everything else, but my favorite part, when he got roughed up by the Pistons, remember when he was a young Michael Jordan, he yeah. got roughed up in the playoffs. I'm not going to say he got embarrassed. Jordan rules. But he got a little exposed and he got roughed up. So what did he do? Did he whine and cry about it? No. He was a gym rat. He got physical. I heard he was in the gym eight hours a day uh, just doing weights. Like he was just killing his body. And it paid off because the following year, you remember what happened. And I, I feel like Kobe had that in him. I don't know if LeBron has that. Now, LeBron's a winner. Don't get me wrong. LeBron wins, and I think what he did in winning a championship in Cleveland was an unbelievable accomplishment. He's, it, but I don't know if LeBron has that killer in him. doesn't mean he doesn't have the talent. The killer that, say, a Kobe had or Jordan had. Am I wrong in saying that? No, you, you hit it right on the head because yeah. I'd rather have Kobe and Jordan taking the last shot than LeBron. Agree. You know, because LeBron, uh, you know, he'll do the right play and pass it to the open guy. Kobe th- and Le- uh, Kobe and Jordan is taking the shot. Agree. I think in the prime, I'll even take Larry Bird over over LeBron. Uh, I heard stories about Bird where he would just tell people where he was. I'm going to get the ball right here. You know, I, I can't really do his voice. But French lick. I'm going to get the ball right here. I'm going to shoot it right there, and there's nothing you can do about it. And like, I, like he would make it. And, and like, no players do that today, right? No players do that today. Do you believe Steph Curry would be able to get all these looks? That, I mean, you know, we know how great he is, but would he be able to get all these looks in the late 80s like he is today? Definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. Why? Why do you say that? It was more physical. Yeah. You know? Yet, he's, yet you still think he's the best shooter of all time. Oh, yeah. God, I loved Reggie Miller. I loved Reggie because, you know, but, but Steph is better at creating his own shot. We know that. He's, his, his handling ability is, is ridiculous, right? Um, do you feel like in this day and age, if, if, if you were like a 19, 20-year-old Anderson Hunt today, how would you fare in this game compared to you know, many years ago? I was about 25. Easy. It'd, it'd be easier for you to score, you think, Yeah, because right? they play a lot of zone, too. Right. You know, and then no, nobody played defense. Nobody was doing that against you, right? They, they were hand in your face. Nothing was easy for you, right? Forearms, hand checks. And that's a foul today. It would be a lot easier for you to score today 
uh, than, than many years ago. There's no question about that, right? By the way, when you played the Soviet Union, you scored 19 points. Okay. You were off by close. one point. Close. Well, one point. Yeah, we were two years. You, you were know? close. <laughs> yeah. So if you're just joining us, we are speaking with UNLV legend, and that is exactly what he is, uh, Anderson Hunt, the MVP of the national championship team. Tomorrow he is being honored. I think it's awesome at UNLV into the uh, UNLV Hall of Fame, along with Wink Adams, who is a friend of mine as well and a great guy, and among others. Uh, have, have you talked to any of your former teammates about this? Yeah, I talked to a few of them. Uh, if you don't yeah. mind me asking, who'd you talk to? Talk to L, talk to Stace, I talk to Greg. So when you talk to LJ and you tell him, hey, LJ, uh, I don't know, I would imagine you probably don't call him Grandmama. You guys are closer than that. But if you call LJ, <laughs> um, they're honoring me at UNLV. I'm just curious, like, what is his reaction to that? Does he no, care? No, he's happy for me. He is good. Yeah, so he told me he'll see me after, you know, after the ceremony. If they honored Larry Johnson with the same thing, would he show up today? L? Yeah. <sighs> I don't think so. You don't think so? No, I wouldn't. Uh... Isn't that sad, though? And I'm not putting I'm not putting blame on LJ. I get it. Trust me. If any, you know me. If anybody gets some of these frustrations, some of these players, it's me. But isn't that sad? We're talking about Larry Johnson, just like you, right? Two guys, Hall of Famers. Um, LJ should be honored, and I think. UNLV needs to do more to make peace with him. I don't know if they're doing enough, but him, they need to do Stace. more. Yeah, especially Stacy Ogman. I feel like Stacy Ogman is a little bit different uh, in that he was a coach here. Tell me if you're if I, you think I'm wrong. He was. I feel like Stacy Ogman was very upset that he didn't get the interim head coaching job. I know his wife was very upset, and he was upset. He made public comments, and they injected race into it. And I have no idea whether that's true or not. I don't know. What I do know is that I know he's very frustrated, maybe for some of the same reasons that LJ is. But that he never got the opportunity to be the head coach or even an interim. Am I? You think I'm? Is that fair? That's a. What's understood don't need to be said, really. Right. Right. You know, right. Why? Seventeen year NBA career. Right. Of uh, elite eight. Yeah. Final four championship. Mm-hmm. Gold medal winner. Mm-hmm. You don't even get the interim job. That's true. <laughs> I can understand why. Stop it. I can understand why he would be frustrated. Here's what I thought. The, Excuse me. Yeah. I'm gonna name five schools and four schools. Yep. Georgetown, mm-hmm. Michigan, North Carolina, Indiana. Mm-hmm. All those coaches played at the university they coaching at right now. Here's where I do not disagree with you at all. You don't hire Marvin Menzies over Stacy Ogman. You don't hire T.J. Otzelberger over Stacy Ogman. Kevin Kruger hire, the fact that Lon Kruger is here is a good thing, but I get your point. I didn't necessarily have a problem with the interim. What they should have done is they should have hired him after the interim situation, um, and they didn't. So I can understand the frustration there. I, re- I really can. I like Dave Rice. Nice guy. Didn't get it done. You know that. He didn't get it done. He's a former player. So while, while I agree, you know, Stacy probably should have gotten an opportunity. Um, at the same time, we don't know how it would work out. We don't know if he, if he would have been a good coach or not, but that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about he should have gotten the opportunity, and I can understand that. What about Greg Anthony? I mean, Greg Anthony, you said you spoke to him about this. First of all, I'm sure he was he was happy for you, right? Oh, yeah. He said he could break away from his schedule. He'll um, definitely be here. But I haven't seen him here forever. Yeah. Do you think if they did the same for Greg, would he show up? If he was inducted, would he show up? I think so. So why don't they do it then? It's Greg Anthony. He was a huge part, right? 
How huge was he for you guys in that championship? He was your 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 the floor general. Your, right, that's the word I was looking for. Coach he was, on the floor. Right, he was everything. I remember when he broke his jaw. Right, I remember that that story. That was that's crazy. Why don't they? First of all, okay, loaded question. Why did it take him this long to honor you? Why? And why did they not put Greg Anthony in this class? If they know he's probably going to show up, why not you and Greg? Except I have no idea. Do you ask that to you anybody? Know. Have you asked that to anybody at the school or anything? No. Man, yeah. after 30, 32 years, I'm just thankful I'm in. <laughs> yeah, well, geez, it's, uh, everybody should be thankful that you were here because they don't even come close to winning that national championship without you. There's no question Thank about you. that. You Thank made so many big shots. Uh, you, you were so reliable. You were that reliable shooter. Uh, didn't matter whether you were open or not. You found a way, and, and it was incredible. So, Hunt, here's what we're going to do. If you guys okay. can stick around for one more segment, I want to introduce your friends. I want to talk about this three-point contest that you're involved with, along with uh, Raphael Peterson, who's sitting next to you, who I had the pleasure of met. Pretty good player himself, by the way. Boise oh, yeah. State uh, alumni over here we're talking about. He played a little... Uh, uh, pro ball too in Europe, so we're going to talk about that, and uh, I, I want to talk about uh, the art of three-point shooting a little bit, and this tournament that you guys got going on, which I find to be very interesting. I heard some rumor that whoever wins this tournament, you can challenge them for double or nothing. Is there any chance that that's going to happen? Is that all right? We'll talk about that when we come back because right. I find that to be very interesting. That's a difficult decision for somebody to make. All right, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, he is the legend himself, Anderson Hunt. We're going to uh, meet some of his friends as well involved with this three-point contest that I think I am going to be involved with as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. It's pushing the limits right here on KSHP. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits on KSHP on the 1400 dial. Also, we are streaming live everywhere on the Pushing the Limits Facebook page. We are streaming on Twitter, just about everywhere, so you can see why I have a face for radio. Anyway, welcome back. Uh, We're having some fun because uh, Anderson Hunt, I'm happy and lucky to call him a friend. He is a, a living legend in this town. Uh, helping bring a national championship to UNLV. He's going to be honored tomorrow. Uh, maybe it, it's been 30, 30 years in the making. It should have happened a long time ago. But, hey, it's happening. That's what's most important, right? He's Hall of Fame, UNLV Hall of Fame, along with Wink Adams and uh, football great Ryan Wolf, among others. So I'm glad Wink is getting honored as well because he absolutely deserves it. I'm sure you would, uh, I'm sure you would agree, Anderson. Uh, oh, yes, sir. Wink's a great guy, isn't he? He really is. And, That's a little brody. Yes, and even though you know it's not like they won a national championship, but hey, Wink was a big part of their Sweet 16 run and winning Mountain West Conference. You know, he made he helped make them relevant again. So I, that's why I'm, I'm really uh, happy for Wink. So Anderson, you, you're in studio now, and you're wearing these shirts uh, with your friend Raphael Peterson, who who is in, and you both are running this three point contest called the Supreme Three Point Contest. Um, so, Raphael, let me start with you. Thank okay. you for being here and bringing, uh, bringing Anderson in here. I appreciate that. Oh, Sometimes he needs a push, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, i got to do radio? Uh, he'd rather be in the sports book uh, throwing some parlays on, on an NBA game. I know Anderson. But, uh, but uh, Raphael, tell me a little bit about this three-point contest and uh, how you got this thing going. Oh, okay. I appreciate you having me in the studio. Um, so, we started. It's called My J Supreme Three-Point Competition. And it's the first national three-point competition that's going to travel through eight cities. We're making a stop here in Las Vegas. The first round is July 9th, and the championship round will be back here September 10th, where one contestant is going to win $25,000 cash. That's a lot of $20 uh, parlays, isn't that, Anderson? Yeah, a lot of $20 parlays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how I'm going to get, get some parlays in there. 
So this competition is uh, <laughs> put you on the spot. <laughs> so it's for 18 and over, girls and guys. The only catch is no pros, just regular Joes. Okay, so what about if you're a former pro? No, you can't be in. And you so still, no. so you couldn't play in it because you played uh, pro no, basketball in Europe, right? You played for Boise State. You were a hell of a player. I played for Boise, and I played down in Dominican Republic for a, a stint. And it will be the G League now, played up in um, mm-hmm. up in Winnipeg as well. So that's how you know Anderson. By the way, you guys go back way back in Detroit. Yes, sir. Uh, in the uh, Detroit days. Okay, so this is this is pretty cool. Yeah. So. Uh, how much does it cost to enter? Let's start there. It costs you 125 bucks to get into the competition. And if one, if you win your city, my J Supreme covers all your travel from for the regionals and for the championship here in Las Vegas. So I heard that if you win in Vegas and you win 25,000, yes, you have an opportunity and a choice to make. A you could either you could either take life is full of choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can either take the 25 grand Hard, cold cash. Yes, sir. And you can go go bet on any boxing fight or do whatever you want with the money. Or you can challenge uh, Anderson Hunt and yes, double or nothing. How does, Is that true? No, it's not going to be double or nothing. Okay, we're going to allow them to walk away with some cash. We'll allow them to bet 10000 a day, 25000 so what if Anderson wins? Does he get the ten? Yeah, he gets the ten. Oh, I love that. He gets the ten. I'm ready? Oh, <laughs> I love it. So wait, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, so, he gets the ten. So you know what I would do? Because I'm a scumbag. You know what I would do? I would I would get Anderson in you know the back hall. I'd be like, Hey Anderson, come on, man. Uh, I'll let's just, just let's just split this right now. Come on, let me win. I know Anderson would say no, but I'm just saying that's what I would do because I would have no chance. So is this? Um, it's not NBA three. No. What is it? High school. We're gonna shoot from the high school line. Ooh, I would have a chance in this. You'll have a shot at it. I would have a chance. Might as well get in it, shot. I would have a chance in this. You'll have a shot at it. A lot of people. I really think a young lady's going to win it, to be honest. But you're using a men's basketball, though. Yeah, we'll have a ladies' basketball. Oh, you can use a ladies' basketball. Okay. absolutely. Interesting. Okay, so how does this work? How many shots? Are you shooting from the corners, top of the key? How does it work? It's the same format as the NBA. You have 25 shots. Yeah. We have a bonus ball on that rack, the, the fifth ball. But we have what we call the Maj Supreme Twist. You get an extra three bonus shots from 28 feet, two from the 28-foot line, mm-hmm. and a half-court shot as well. Is there a time limit? Yes, a okay. minute and 30 seconds. Okay, so you have to be in decent shape. You there can't you just go. sit there. and. and uh, no. So, Anderson, have you been practicing at all for Not this? Not yet. <laughs> you probably don't even have to. Let's no, just you don't be honest. have to. He still had it. I'm about to run some steps for about two weeks Okay. and go in the gym for about two weeks. I'll be shocked if you do that. Are you really going to do that? Yeah, for two for weeks. 10, you don't have to though. You don't have to though. You'll win anyway, probably. No, I'm just making sure my body. You know, I got you. Yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, I'm yeah. joking. But but okay. So let me ask you a question, Anderson. If somebody gave you ten shots without any defense, ten shots in the corner, both corners, and top of the key, how many do you think you'd make on average? We're talking high school threes. This is not difficult for you. Corner. Thirty top shots. Of the key. Yeah, thirty shots 30 at shots. minimum. How many do you think you'd make if you had thirty shots? Twenty-five. That's at minimum, because that's like automatic for you. The only I'm question that I, the only question I'd have for you then was the last time you were practicing uh, those shots, because because <laughs> high school threes. When was the last time you even were shooting those? You're shooting NBA threes. You're shooting. You know, no, I have teenage sons. Okay. So you know they try to challenge me um, jumpers sometimes. Can they can they beat you at all or no? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Who was the most famous person you ever shot hoops with? I'm curious. I mean, obviously, I know Larry. It doesn't have to be a basketball player. Like, if you had any celebrities or any famous people that you just wanted to shoot with on the court, I'm curious. 
that I ever wanted to shoot with? That you ever wanted to or you ever did? Man. Because of who you are in Las Vegas, I would imagine you've met a lot of people over the years, right? Yeah, it was, that's a tough one. Yeah. Me and Mike Tyson cool already, so. Have you shot did. hoops with him? No, no. Nah, that would be nah. cool. No, we, you know, we hung out. We what'd didn't you, shoot no hoops. What'd you make of what he did in that airplane <laughs> with that idiot that was, a, that was going after him? What'd you Man, make whatever of whatever he, he did, just beat the he crap deserved out of him. it. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, who, yeah. Whatever he did, I don't know, he was like, he was buzzed, like, yeah. you know, yeah. You know, obnoxious. you're right. You ever have idiots like that on the road back in 92, 91, 92, where you had idiots on the road, not even in an arena, but, but maybe so. Did you have any fans that said the most, because I heard that there were so many I shouldn't say so many, but some pieces of garbage that would that would yell racial epithets and stuff like that. Us after we left the arena, didn't nobody follow us or yeah. you know nothing like that. Or we was yeah. in a um, student yeah. uh, party or something. When did nobody come up to us? That's good. I'm yeah, glad you. It seems you know, like these days, and I don't know why, but it seems like these days some people just just go up to people and just say the most awful things. Yeah, uh, yeah and, a lot of people watch the Utah State game. Ah, uh, was that was that was a bad one I heard. You know, but no, I'm saying, why would you try to you know jump? Were they over doing the that in Utah State? Were they were they throwing horrible words at you guys? Yeah, everywhere, um, New Mexico State, Utah State. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. I'm afraid to even ask you what they said. I can imagine it's just horrible. But when somebody say at Utah State back in the early '90s, and, and listen today, if somebody says something like that. I don't care who you are or where you are. You're going to get thrown out, and you're going to get your ass kicked, probably, and rightfully so. But back then in 91, 90, when, when people said things like that, were they not kicked out? That's no, incredible. most of them were students, so no. Do you, do you turn around and say something to them? Most of the time, we was walking out, and we heard something. We start laughing. Yeah. You know, we'd look up, be like, we a bump. I know Dave Butler used to always tap somebody. Like, man, you heard what he said? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm glad you guys were able to do that because it's so disgusting. You know, oh, yeah, it, you it, know. It, 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 no to- nobody should tolerate that. That's what uh, listen, fans do. Listen, if some well, if somebody <laughs> wants to say, "Hey, Anderson, you suck," or you know, something like that, okay, fine. That's what it's like being on the road. I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. You don't, but they're wrong. But mm-hmm. but when somebody puts race into the equation, that should never be what fans should be allowed to do. Oh yeah, that's crossing the line. Yeah, but they did that at Utah State. You're saying. Oh, no, no. They used oh, okay. to, you know, it wasn't nothing racial. Okay, good, you good. Know, just, but just you know, swears. Crazy student and... fans, drunk. Okay, well, okay. As long as they're not, yeah. I mean, yeah. what do you make of the fact that it's not so crazy here at UNLV these days? I know that you're not, they're not winning national championships. There are, the student sections, I'll give Kevin credit, it's gotten a little bit better the last year. But what does that, what does that feel like for you? I'm just curious. When you had the Thomas and Mack Center jam-packed to capacity, sold out, Gucci Row. On the road, you had UNLV fans screaming and going crazy. And now you go to a UNLV game, you go to some games, you know how it is. There's like, you can't even fill up one section of the student section with students. I don't understand that. Man, it's sad to me, but, you know, I hope, you know, I hope we, I hope they get it together. Mm -hmm. I hope so, too. For real, because, you know, I'm UNLV through and through. I I, hope they get it together. I know you are. Because they look good. We look yeah. good. So, Raphael, I have to ask you this: uh, this three-point contest. Yes, sir. When you, uh, whoever wins, is obviously going to be a very, very good shooter. We yeah. know that it's uh-huh. going to be competition for you. Oh yeah. Do you think that Anderson will be nervous? No, I've been shooting this what? jumper for many, many years. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I, I, the jumper, the jumper that I know, I ain't even worried about it. I, I think that he's going to do what he do. No chance doing. he loses. I don't think so. I, I don't think it'll be even close. Mm. Except I'm not worried. <laughs> but there's no there's nobody playing defense though. That's even better. That's you could have better. some geeky kid that just has incredible eye hand coordination, nowhere near your athleticism or experience. But if he makes twenty seven, twenty eight out of thirty, 
you got to be a little nervous, no? Am I wrong on this? Well, I mean, I'm going first, so oh, I'm okay. put all the pressure on them. That's fair. So here, here's That's what I fair. here's what I say. I like that. that. I like that. <laughs> here's what I say to that. That kid that you're speaking about, yes, he's never played in a national championship game. That's very true. <laughs> So that, that's very true. When those lights come on, it's going to be different. That's true. If anybody's <laughs> going to be more nervous, obviously it's going to be. But I, so they're risking ten thousand dollars. That's it. If I'm, if I'm lucky enough, or whoever is lucky enough to win, I don't want no piece of you, unless you give me some sort of handicap, like give me five shots or something. I don't know. I wouldn't want. Why would I want to? That's my question. Why would they want to compete against Anderson? Bragging rights. He's a legend. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Just imagine if you won the competition and you were able to beat UNLV Hall of Famer Anderson Hunt. I beat Ed O'Bannon in a free throw shooting contest at South Point. I still brag about that. And I don't there think you go. I don't think Ed O'Bannon has anywhere near the shooting accolades that Anderson Hunt has, but Ed O'Bannon can play. No question about go. that. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. There you go. Uh where do people go? to sign up for this and, uh, you know, give out the date, the time, and how do people get involved? Where do they sign up? Oh, you go to myjsupreme.com. Yep. And you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok mm-hmm. at myjsupreme. And you can check us out, sign up right online, click on to your city that you want to compete in, mm-hmm. and go right to the site, and you'll be able yeah. to sign up right online. And we take every type form of payment. I'll tell you what I would do. And it probably wouldn't work because nothing could psych you out. But I'll tell you uh, what I would do. I would wear a Duke jersey if I had to shoot against you. <laughs> That's going to be um, even worse, yeah. <laughs> I would wear a Christian Leitner jersey. What? That's going to be even worse. <laughs> what would you do if, if the person – that would be the advice I would give them. I would say put on a Duke jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Who's your least favorite Duke player? Was it Christian Leitner? Who is the player that you say, God, I still hate that dude? So, believe it or not. I didn't hate none of them. Maybe hate's the wrong word. Uh, who's the? I didn't w- dislike any of them. You're you're telling me Christian Leitner? You just like man that dude? You're telling we me we never really crossed paths far as physicality or when Bobby he stepped Hurley? on my man from Kentucky the year after. Yeah, I remember stepped, that. No, that wasn't. wasn't what about Bobby that. Hurley? <laughs> okay, I see a little bit there. There's a little Bobby. Bobby, Hurley. me and Bobby a little different. I played against him in high school, AU. What was he like in high school? Um, he was really the same as in college, but, you know, was a little shorter. You know, he could still play. Your boy's on the hot seat at Arizona State, by the way. Wow, for what? Coaching. Yeah. He's not He's not getting oh. it done, dude. Yeah, he's not getting them top 100 players. Yeah. Did you ever wonder what it would have been like? That's what we need here, top 100 that. players. I agree with you, and you're the type of person, because of both of you, with your connections in Detroit, both of you guys could yeah. help them. I don't know why they don't reach out to more to people like you. Both of you, I don't understand it. You want to help. I mean, I'm going to go back to the conversation that you set up. Yeah. When um, Coach did call me. First Kevin, thing, you're talking yeah, about Kevin Kruger, yeah, yeah. First thing he did say was, uh, my yeah. coaching staff is filled. So I'm on the phone looking at the phone like, I, you know, I didn't want I never gave him the increment I wanted to be a coach. So the first thing, <laughs> so Kevin Kruger says to you without you even asking, it's our good. staff is full. Full. It's filled. Filled, full, whatever so word I, you so want to say. So I really like Kevin, and I like the Krugers. And I, oh, yeah. I, I don't shy away Daddy from Kruger saying is, that. It's cool. With that cool being said, I think he really – here's the way I would have approached it, Anderson. And you tell me if you would have – if I'm Kevin Kruger, which I'm not, I would have called – Anderson, how you doing, my man? Listen, I just got here. I bleed red just like you. 
I'm not happy with the way former players have been treated here over the course of the last several decades. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do everything in my power to change that. Me and my dad are going to do everything to change that. I want you to be on board. I want you to come to practices. Even though you're not a paid, I can't pay you right now, but even though you're not, be, and maybe down the road that could be a possibility, even though I can't pay you, we need help. If you think you got a guy, a young kid that would be interested in playing here, Anderson, we need your help. I want you at some of these practices. You come to as many practices as you want. That's the way I approach it. Man. What would that have sounded like? In a perfect like? world, that's, you know, that sounds great. That's what you want and, to hear, right? Oh, that's what I want to hear. Right. And it's not so to hard. A certain, to, a, to a certain point, he says some of that. Mm-hmm. You know, Better than none, right? Yeah, better than none. Menzies, you did know? he do any of that stuff with you? Not really? Uh, once in a while, not really. No, no. but you know what? Me and Mar- Marvin's relationship was, you know, a little better. We, That's good. You know, I'd go to his office. We'd talk, you know, talk, yeah. you know, talk for hours, talk mm-hmm. junk, all that. I wish you talked X's and O's with him because uh, that would have helped a little bit. <laughs> Sorry, that was a horrible joke. No, but, uh, uh, Kruger, <laughs> I wish him nothing but the best and whatever he need for me. Kevin is a nice guy. I can vouch for that. His father's a class act. Mm-hmm. Not going to say the same about T.J. Otzelberger because I don't like him. I think he's two-faced. I never met him. Don't like T.J. I have to bring up this story. We only got a few more minutes. Larry Johnson, LJ, I know you don't speak for him, but I remember that story when TJ first got hired and nobody knew who the hell he was. Some guy said to go, LJ did not know who he was, and TJ takes a picture with Larry Johnson. And my understanding is Larry Johnson didn't know who he was, and TJ did not introduce himself as the head coach. They take a picture. And then TJ and UNLV put it up on the UNLV basketball Twitter page. Wow. And then Larry Johnson, if you remember on Twitter, goes, you know, made a, dis- a comment like, what? Like, it was like he didn't even know that that was the head coach. Wow. Did you hear that? Yeah, I heard that. What, do you, what did you make of that? Surprisingly, sad, but surprisingly, I could believe that. I thought that was so scummy of TJ to do that. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you're the head coach, right, yeah. guys? Raphael, if you're mm-hmm. the head coach, how do you not shake his hand and just say, hey, I'm TJ, I'm the head coach? I had TJ on the show, and he lied. I asked him about this, uh-huh. and he told me that, oh, no, I told Larry who I was, and we got permission, this and that. He lied to me, TJ. Mm-hmm. And I don't like liars. Be honest with me. Hey, I screwed up. I yeah. should have told him who I was. That yeah. was a mistake. Wow. It just, you know, that was my problem with TJ, two-faced. You know, don't like people like that. I know he had a good year last year. I don't care. Give bad coaches time. Time's not on their side. I don't think he's a good basketball coach. He had one good year, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, mm-hmm. I think we all could agree Kevin's a nice guy and um, pretty good year. Pretty good year, uh, considering where they've come from, and they weren't in the playing game, and things are getting better. Um, and I'm glad that you're being honored. I really am. You, you, gosh, you deserve it. It's a long time coming. You and Wink and all the other people that they're. I really hope that somebody reaches out to Larry Johnson. I'm not saying that'll work, but it's a start. Somebody needs to go out of their way to talk to Greg Anthony, to talk to Larry Johnson. Um, I think Stacy Ogman might be a lost cause now. Uh, sadly. Um, and I'm sure he has his reasons, but um, I could just say I remember, you know, Hunt, I remember even when Dave Rice was coaching, I think, I saw Larry Johnson and the late Jerry Tarkanian in the Thomas and Max Center. He was holding Jerry's. This was already when his health was deteriorating mm-hmm. a little bit, and, I, and they got a standing ovation. It was, it was Grandmama and Jerry just walking on the court there, sitting down, and I thought that was very special, right? Yeah, that's, you know, that's the foundation, the mm-hmm. blueprint. If they asked you to sit Gucci Row for some games this year, would you do it? No doubt. Why don't they have – so they've not asked you? Never. 
I, I gotta say, man, I, I just I just don't understand it. First of all, there is no We got the players tickets up, you know, up like middle ways. Why would they know? do that? You should be sitting front row with Marcus Banks and these guys, man. You want to be there. You know what though, Shep? Yeah. I stay up upstairs. I just want them to start winning. Getting the winning culture back. And I know you do, because you I know. know how passionate you are and I know how much you care about you and and you're a good guy and I know you do. But I'm just saying, just from not a media perspective, from a fan perspective, mm-hmm. that would mean a lot to the fans if they reached out to you and you were sitting Gucci Row with Marcus Banks. You know, you know, uh, Tracy, I'll give you an example. I'm sitting with Marcus Banks, like where you were talking. I'm sitting with him at a game. We went to a game together. We're sitting like maybe fifth row, right? And all of a sudden, Tracy McGrady walks by. And, you know, Mark is like, hey, Trace, what's up? You know, because obviously they played against each other. They mm-hmm. know them. And they sit Tracy McGrady front row. And Marcus was pissed. And we talked about this. And he's like... I get it. He's Tracy McGrady, but why am I not sitting on Gucci Row? I'm the UNLV legend, and he's so right. Yeah. He's so right. People like you and Marcus, you are the guys that should be sitting Gucci Row. Sit Tracy McGrady, Gucci Row. If Shaq shows up, of course, sit him uh, Gucci Row. But you guys should be there, and, and that's what I think the culture needs to change. And I don't know. Some if- year, some UNLV ex players should be there. Absolutely, yeah. not all, yeah. not all. I'm not saying uh, I'm not saying give Dave Rice all due respect. He was the 12th man. I'm not saying give Dave Rice, his, you know, his, but we agree, we agree. I mean, if you're a superstar and a legend like you, Marcus is as well. He didn't win a national title, but he was a, he's a UNLV legend. Uh, absolutely. 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 All right, so I want to give you guys the opportunity again because we got a couple more minutes here before we go. And by mm-hmm. the way, I really do appreciate you guys being here. I really do. And I'm excited. I'm going to be at your event. Okay. Uh, give out that information again. I love the fact that Anderson's involved, by the way, and he's going oh, to be yeah. taking on the winner. I cannot wait to watch this, by the way. It's going to be a lot of fun. Going to be a lot uh, of fun. I do think that the competitor should wear a Duke jersey, but again, that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> That'll be fun. Uh, all right, so give it out again, Raphael. How do people get involved here? So go to myjsupreme.com and you can sign up click on the city but brian i would definitely want to say this before mm-hmm. we go is that it's for a great cause and it's for cbi gbi work community and gang violence intervention program as you know about a month ago one of the top players in the country mcdonald all-american Aaliyah gales was shot right and i think that what we're going to do we're going to give some money back to her for her mental health her bills i think are paid at this point but the mental recovery is what people don't know that's going to sure. take place. So we're going to give some funds back to her and their families to make sure that she she's all right so she can get on down to USC and so do cool. her thing. I think that is so great, and we're glad that she hopefully will be making a full recovery. But yes. the fact that you're uh, you're getting involved to help the family with, with this three-point contest I think is awesome. Uh, Thank you. Great people. I yes, appreciate sir. all three of you for being here. Yeah. And uh, Anderson, you're the best, man. I always love it. Thank and you, if sir. you have any uh, $10 two par- uh, you know, two-team parlays, <laughs> I can put in. Uh, let, let me know some tips if you got for C winning me. You know we're the ten dollar players, so you know if you have any tips for us, uh, who's winning the NBA championship quickly, Anderson? Who's doing it? Oh man, it's gonna be uh, Golden State <laughs> or Boston. Really, you think Boston gets past Miami? Well, yeah. after the, what they did yesterday, I can see why you would say that. Yeah. No, All right, I had Boston before then. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, look at that. See, you should be a professional handicapper, too. That's what you, that's what you should be doing. You need to start a website. Anderson Hunt, uh, two-teamparlays.com. Two, two I just I, I just, I just, I just two came. Two-team parlays. Let's do it. Let's do it, Seth. I'm up. All right. Hunt, you're the best. I, I love you, man. Uh, thanks for coming in, guys. That's a wrap. That's thanks, the end of the Seth. show, folks. Thanks for uh, joining us. It's been a great week of shows. I hope everybody has a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.